Hi, I'm Craig Lance. I'm Will Davison. I'm Mark Winterbottom. I'm Greg Murphy. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Holden says there's no Triple Eight plan, while Dunlop warns the dangers of going soft. By all means, if the supercars wanted to sell, they could run it by the factory and um, they may be able to do some additional production on a different line or something, um, you know, to get the way they wanted to go. And we find out about stalkers and the V8 supercar drivers. I don't classify them as stalkers, it's probably more fanatical fans. It's all coming up today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Following reports that Holden is in discussions with Triple Eight Race Engineering to transfer Team Vodafone from pigs to lions, the V8 Insider contacted Holden Motorsport to find out more about the claims. While Holden would not speak on air, media manager Gerald McDonnell told the V8 Insiders that Triple Eight will not become HRT. He also said that Holden has no say in which teams drivers can or cannot drive for. Holden has the same rights as Vodafone, Valvoline or any other V8 supercar naming rights sponsor in approving drivers for the teams they sponsor. Since the introduction of the V8 supercar's rule on driver payments, Holden have not had any input other than their approval of HRT drivers. Mr McDonald also said that the reports have sent shockwaves through the Clayton camp and reports like this do serious damage to the relationship with all the team sponsors. We approached Triple Eight to comment on the Holden transformation reports, and at this time they have not returned our inquiries. Kevin Fitzsimmons from Dunlop has told the V8 Insiders that the recent calls from drivers to go soft in every round of the championship are not yet possible. We need to remember why the... Um why the sprint tyre was introduced was to try and create more passing than that. But of course, if um, everybody's got it on at the same time, um, that was always the concern that um, people raised at Winton. They said, oh, you know, we're worried it was going to be everybody on the same tyre at the same time. Um, but now all of a sudden, that's what they're asking for. So um, sometimes you're careful what you're asked for because you could end up with another procession which nobody wants. Fitzsimmons says that the V8 supercars have not requested more soft tyres in 2009 but he has a suggestion for the series organisers heading into the future. Maybe there's an option there that we could um, supply two sets of the sprint tyre and only one of the hard, and um, so at some point of time you're still going to have somebody on the other tyre. So uh, 
Um, yeah, by all means, we can we can discuss it, throw it open, and you know, we'd love feedback from anybody, whether it be the, the the public and all the fans and all the drivers and the team owners and the managers. You know, like we can all come up with some sort of solution that uh, hopefully will improve the show, which is what we all want to do. Because the Clipsal 500 has been named as a major contributor to the success of South Australia during the recent audit of national spending in the first quarter of 2009. Mr Peter Vaughan, Chief Executive of Business South Australia, said the Clipsal race, of course, brought money out and people spending. But more importantly, they had a vast number of interstate visitors that is better still because they brought money from elsewhere and put it into the South Australian economy. Tony Riccadello is looking forward to stepping into the Kelly Racing Enduros team lineup. He told the V8 Insiders he can't wait to get into the car. And all I've got to do is uh, be the dummy in the driver's seat and, and do the best job that I can for the team and, and hopefully get a good result in the endurance races. Last Sunday, Will Davison from Toll HRT helped raise money for the National Breast Cancer Foundation when he participated in the Mother's Day Classic, an eight-kilometre run in Melbourne. The Nitro Super GP is currently calling for volunteers. If you're interested in helping out Queensland's biggest motorsport event, jump onto the website, click the Volunteers tab, and you'll find all the forms you need to offer your help at the track. And finally, in one of the most remarkable decisions we've seen in some time in V8 supercar racing, a test day will see drivers swapping cars not just from the one team, but from opposing teams. Ford Performance Racing and Stone Brothers Racing, the two Ford-backed outfits, are taking this week's testing opportunities to see how their drivers fit in to their opponents' cars as they search for some more performance. Shane Van Gisbergen saying he was surprised by the difference between his Stone Brothers Racing car and the Ford Performance Racing Falcon that he got to drive at Winton on Tuesday. Thursday's testing at Queensland Raceway will see Jason Bright and Frosty Winterbottom both jumping in the Stone Brothers Racing cars before Frosty also has a drive of the Brightech Falcon. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, Neville Wilkinson and Chris Jewell will be along. Then later, we find out more about Stalkers and the V8 Supercar Series. I hope you'll stay with us. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly from Jack Daniels Racing and you're listening to the V8 Insiders. Taking the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week, the editor-in-chief of V8X Magazine, out now in stores, Neville Wilkinson. Good evening, Neville. Uh, good evening, Craig. Good evening, listeners. And also joining us for the first time, the voice of the V8 Supercars, Chris Jewell. Thanks for joining us, Chris. Not a problem at all. 
It is interesting times ahead, and one thing that has been talked about a lot is soft rubber, certainly since uh, Winton. And Chris, uh, a lot of people, a lot of drivers particularly, have been coming out and saying we should have these soft, grippy tyres at every race because the racing's so good. I'm wondering, from your uh, privileged position, was it the grippy tyres that made the difference, or was it the fact that we had two to choose from that was the real difference at the racing at Winton? Yeah, well, I think it's um, probably the latter, in fact, because I don't think we're going to see at any of the tracks, possibly with the exception of, uh, of Darwin, um, the disparity between the harder of the two compounds and the soft compound. I'd be alarmed if we see a two-and-a-half to three-second gain around a 53-second lap at uh, Simmons Plains next time out. So I think that um, it really rests with the fact that we had a, uh, a hard and a soft compound throwing a mix into the, uh, the equation, which I thought was fantastic, but it effectively falsified the racing. Having said that... Uh, I'm a real uh, advocate for all of the all of the cars to be on the softer compound through every race. Neville, what were your thoughts? Well, um, they didn't have a choice. They had to use both tyres. They had a choice when to use them. So let's clarify that. When, when it was those, obviously, the rounds with the soft tyres. I love having both because it does mix us up. And I'm... I'm, and I'm I'm not a purist in the sense of the fastest get to the front. I like to see passing, and that's what I like about V8 supercars. There's actual racing, you know. Let's race. Um, so I come from that side of the spectrum. I love, as I said, I love both compounds. I think it mixes it up. I know the drivers would love to have the, the softer tyre for all the races, but they always love to go faster. They're always going to pick the softer tyre. And, and I've heard them talk about how, you know, they're going to have more confidence going in the corner. They can go in harder without locking up brakes. Well, I still reckon they're going to find the limits of the soft tyres and still lock them up. They're just going to do it faster. Might add for a bit of more mayhem. Um, whether that's a good or a bad thing, the teams don't like it. The fans love it. So... You know, I'm on the fan side, so I, I thought it was great. They just need to figure out, and I mean, Chris has probably uh, agrees with me here, they need to figure out how we're going to um, educate the crowd to keep track of what's going on the track, because Winton, so much happened, especially in that first race, on the, uh, the 100k race, it was really hard to keep track. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, obviously the, the passing is obviously the, the vital crucible that's been missing from V8 supercar racing and probably missing from most forms of motorsport around the world, the exception of NASCAR. My concern is that the cars doing the passing are doing it a little bit too easily. If they're on a, a very fresh, soft compound tyre and others are on a slightly older, hard compound tyre, then you have a, an easier pass, I guess, if you like it. You know, if we had just the soft compound tyre throughout, you'll still have that variation of when people might use it and maybe people might have to earn their way by or rub their way by and trade some pain. And I think that's, uh, that's probably a better form of pass, but let's not dissect the passing part. And you're right, very difficult to pick up on exactly who was on what rubber. Um, in race, uh, you know, the first race, race five of the year on the Saturday at Winton, a number of the teams hadn't followed the right procedures as far as what compulsory pit stop lights needed to be illuminated. Uh, they were briefed on that again on Saturday, and having said that, some of the, t the teams still chose not to illuminate the correct light on the Sunday. Clearly, the tyre markings on the sidewall are not adequate yet. They're certainly not... Uh, to be compared with what we see in, uh, in champ car racing in days gone by. But, look, you know, it was first time out, and I think from a passing point of view, from a spectacle point of view, um, it was the best weekend of V8 supercar passing we've ever seen. It was, and I think one of the things that uh, Kevin Fitzgibbon from Dunlop was so adamant in saying to us is if all the cars are on the same tyre, 
it's not going to produce any better racing than the standard control tyre because everyone's got the same grip levels. So it is that difference that does make the, uh, or that point of difference there that does make the racing more exciting. I think one of the big things, though, is we started to see component failures from the soft rubber, particularly axles, Nev. Well, that was something that was unexpected. Um, and, and Todd Kelly, you're talking about there, he said they, they, they snapped their axle like a toothpick. And some people are, are saying that it could have been because there was too much grip. Um, and, and there's other component failures uh, from, from teams. Uh, um, you're talking gear. Well, not so much well, you had Fabian Coulthard. Stuff, and they're saying it's because the extra grip added extra stress on components of the car. Now, I mean... Um, you know, that was something I, I, I didn't actually think about, uh, you know, and, 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 but it makes sense. So obviously that's something to keep, keep track of, um, how that's going. I mean, you, don't, you can't explain some component, component failures. I mean, I mean, there's teams that have engine failures. Is that the, is that the grip of your tyres? It's more, it's more the drivetrain and, um, you know, you know keep, watch this space. It's, the teams are obviously that are on the ball are going to, are going to maybe even already thought of that and they're going to make sure that everything is going to be, you know, very, very new and not not dated, if you know what I mean. You know, you don't want to go in there with something that's like may have a crack in it or something like that. Mm. Now, Chris, one thing that fascinated me was when uh, you asked the question in the press conference about Craig Lowndes and what they did to be able to reuse those tyres and he talked about turning the tyres on the rim. Now, the tyres are being directional, of course, that's one thing, but what I found out in my investigations is the tyres that are directional, they actually run them the opposite way to the arrow to start with. But checking with Dunlop, there was one other team in the V8 supercar field that did exactly the same thing, rotated the tyres on the rims. He wasn't uh, to tell me which team it was, but certainly Triple Eight had come out and said, well, we did that because uh, Craig said that. But uh, I wonder just when we get down to Simmons Plains... Is every team going to rotate their tyres on the rims? Well, it was pioneering new ground, wasn't it? And it's just incredible how the good teams always seem to make the right strategy calls. They always seem to be ahead of the game when something new is introduced. And you know, hats off to the Vodafone team because obviously before the event, a lot of people were concerned about the, the drop-off in the tyres' performance. And you know, clearly the tyre lasted a hell of a lot longer than a lot of people expected. And of course, having run it again in the second race after it had gone through one heat cycle, I don't think many people even considered. And um, it just shows how sharp they are to the ground and obviously they would have had the same um, valued assessment as other teams had you know throughout the pit order there and uh, it was just incredible I think the the second team to do it and if not um, to rotate the tyres uh, certainly one other team who did try it was the FPR team seeing Jason uh, uh, Stephen Richards out on the uh, the soft tyre having seen what had been done and also we heard Gus Tander in that post-race media conference also mention that um, the team Vodafone um, entry had effectively uh, created an opportunity for everybody else to see just how well they went and I think we'll see even more of that at, a, a, at the Simmons Plains event because there's not as much tyre use there or tyre sensitivity and you may well find that people are using it for a hell of a lot longer than they expected and it's going to be uh, a reversal of the winter event where you've got to use the hard tyre at some point during the course of the racing. Mm. Well, my, okay, Craig, clarify when they say you turned it on the rims because my understanding is when Craig said it, they actually swapped sides. So they swapped the, the left rear and the right rear. They reversed those, put the right on the left rear and, and, the, and the left on the right rear. 
and that's to me that's what was my understanding is what they did so that so effectively by swapping those sides they they changed the direction of the tire yes but what they also did is they took the tire off the rim and, and the right hand side of the tire was then put on the left hand side of the rim yes, if but you can understand that part. that's right, right. so like yeah, if you're running okay. a camber on the front yeah, you're the that side shoulder Mm. Yes, they used the reverse shoulder that had less use, effectively. Yeah, and that, uh, you know, fantastic move because, yeah, you, you, you do have that patch of tyre that is a lot less worn and and just goes to show how much these people are thinking. Talking about thinking, Craig Lowndes is a... Well, he might be the kid, but he's quite a thinking driver. Winning race five and race six of the championship, Chris, is he back? Is he no longer the number two to Jamie Winkup? Well, you know, Jamie's not going to get much better than he had been prior to Winton because he'd won four from four, obviously. Um, <laughs> and I did some dissection of the results. And you've got to go all the way back to the opening event at the Clipsal 500 when Craig uh, was the unfortunate victim of a, a power steering issue late in the first race when he was really looking like he might have been going to throw the challenge out to Jamie Winkup. And there were only a couple of tenths of a second between those guys in qualifying, which saw them on the front row of the grid in first and second with Winkup on pole. And uh, in race... Um, speed. They both did a 1 minute 23 second lap each despite the classified 19th and Wink Up first. And in race 2, Lowndes broke the long standing lap record there of 22.3 and Wink Up did a 22.5. So you'd have to say the clips are on speed. They looked similar. Obviously we went on to see Craig have a very good Grand Prix weekend followed up by a shocker in Hamilton uh, when he didn't finish either of the race anywhere near where he should have been. If you look a bit more closely, their lap times in qualifying and the races were quite similar despite the fact that he finished down the order and of course Winton is fresh in our minds. So He's clearly picked up his game in qualifying. The longer races we're seeing and the strat strategy of those clearly helps uh, Craig's thinking. And obviously, um, you know, Jeremy Moore and his engineer are here working well together. I'd say he's probably... 95% you know, of, uh, of his optimal performance, but Winkup's closer to 100. So, yep, he's back, he's lifted his game, but to beat him, they're going to have to rub panels at some point, aren't they? Mm. Well, this is the interesting thing. Um, Craig uh, obviously had the better run in the second race. Jamie was held up in the pits. Obviously, we all know about how that happened, and they come in together, but I don't think there was any option from, uh, from Team Vodafone. They couldn't do it any other way. They had to bring them both in. What we haven't seen is... Craig in front and Jamie behind catching Craig or trying to catch Craig late in a race because you know that if those two got together, they would obviously race a bit. Now, we've, we've seen Craig, we've seen it the other way, but, in, but in, a, in a, well, not a round, but in an event, we actually haven't seen Jamie behind Craig trying to catch him and pass him. And that would be very interesting to see how it goes because that's a good indication of how well Craig is going. Mm. And he was, okay. In that race too at Winton, or the race six or whatever, that, you know, Craig was way ahead. And, and Jamie wasn't even figuring in the results at the end of that race if, 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 because he was so far back. Mm. And a similar thing happened at the Grand Prix too as well. And I guess the, the beauty of it was, had, you know, Winkup have left Winton scoring two better results than Lowndes, you'd have to start to wonder how long before potentially, you know, Craig may well be doing a bit of rear gunning. And I know it's too early to talk about that right now, but the fact that Craig did leave there with uh, two, two wins and uh, Winkup didn't uh, has actually given Craig hope that he can get his championship back on track. And clearly, you know, there's not going to be any team thinking whatsoever as far as who gets preference there. And, you know, let's hope that the two best drivers can go head-to-head -head in the, the two best cars because, for the moment, they're shaming the rest of them. Oh, they so are We can't indeed. wait to see it. We need to, we need to take a break here on the V8 Insiders. We'll be back with plenty more right after this. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine.
Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders as Chris Jewell and Neville Wilkinson join me, Craig Revell. Guys, we um, were talking just before about the two leading drivers in the best cars shaming the opposition. Well, the... Shaming? Shame. Smashing them. I thought, I thought the term smash was, is, is, is appropriate here. Okay, they were, they were uh, St Kilda over Collingwood on Monday night. Uh, they've pretty much well, done you've that. Just lost half the country, but anyway, keep going. <laughs> but in, ser- in all seriousness, what we have seen is um, we've seen Ford, who, for all business reasons, decided to to go with uh, the Triple Eight team, and uh, they went with Stone Brothers Racing and, of course, FPR. This week, have drivers from both those teams testing in each other's car. It's a, a fascinating uh, situation to see Ford having to work like that, two completely individual teams having to uh, share their drivers in cars trying to find that elusive uh, it that Triple Eight has obviously got in spades. Nev? Well, I, you know, Mark Scaife had a go uh, or had a driver the Sprint Gas Racing car to, to help them out. That worked um, you well. See a little bit of that happening. Yeah, well, okay. You see a little bit of that happening, but two teams of the caliber of SBR, well, definitely FPR. SBR are a little bit off the dial, and I think S, uh, SBR are probably the ones that might benefit the most out of this because they definitely need some help in their setup. Uh, they've, they've come out on, uh, I think, on the V8 Supercar website today and said that they they are they do need help in their setup. They're kind of a bit lost, um, but. You know, this is to me. This is almost unprecedented, and I'm sure it's happened. Um, but on this scale, with these two teams um, and the level of secrecy that does go on in this sport, this is like holy mackerel. You know, Ford have really had to, uh, to, to uh, well, I was going to say caress the uh, caress the team owners and assure them, and this is all okay. Um, I don't know if it was written in the Ford contract, but boy, oh, I don't. This is unheard of in my in my books. It's a pretty big move, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, it is. And, of course, you know, Scaife drove one of the uh, Perkins uh, Motorsport Commodores a couple of years ago as well and had a bit of a try out there as well just to see the quality of their equipment. I but guess they, the thing that... But the, the thing was, they didn't drive one of the HRT cars no, as well. No, right. no, you're right. And and what we don't know is who does what, you know, uh, uh, privately in, when they're in an inter-team situation, but, um, which there are obviously a couple of those now. And, uh, and I think the incredible thing here is how public they've been with it. And I guess they had to get dispensation and approval to do it. What we don't know is who wanted to do it most. I mean... Uh, FPR a little bit lost with the direction they're heading in because clearly Steve Richards is struggling by comparison with the qualifying with speed, speed we've seen come from Mark Winterbottom and has done for, I guess, the last few years. 
Um, and Stone Brothers have got a, you know the, the fast young meteorite in Shane Van Gisbergen who you know is very wild as far as the way he goes racing, but a, a breath of fresh air as far as the aggressiveness he's taken to the track. And he's had some very good results and sits well up in the championship. And what we don't know is whether it was orchestrated in initially by one of the teams or whether or not it was a, uh, a genuine Ford overture because it is under, unprecedented. And, uh, and I hear today that Van Gisbergen was quite alarmed at the difference of uh, driving the, uh, the FPR car. They have two distinct setups. I mean, the SPR cars are all about squatting and braking, then carrying the car through the corner, then getting maximum exit speed, whereas the, the FPR, Ford Performance Racing Cars, are all about carrying mid-corner speed, and they run a lot stiffer setup to do so. So they would have been alarmingly different, and I know that he said that the braking um, characteristics of the FPR car were rem remarkably different to those of the Stone Brothers' entry. So, yeah, it's uh, look, they'll, they'll combine their resources in some ways. I guess they won't make wholesale changes to either chassis because they are at opposing ends of the spectre. But then again, you know, where do you throw Triple Eight into that situation? Are they somewhere between the two or have they got a altogether different setup because they're doing all the winning? And that's right, and their customers are not far behind them. That that's the I guess the big thing in this whole deal that you have got Triple Eight Team Vodafone, you have Triple Eight Jim Beam Racing, you have Triple Eight Wilson Security Racing and then Triple Eight into racing, all right at the front of the field. Lap times, of course, Marcus Marshall now is the lap record holder at Winton, um, running in, what, the last year spec um, BF Falcon. And uh, and then you start talking about Garth Tander and Will Davison and uh, Lee, Hol Lee, <laughs> Lee Caruso, it's not Lee Caruso, Lee Holsworth and uh, Michael Caruso. And then, you know, you go through into the Ford teams of uh, Frosty and, and Steve and Richards. It's a, it's a real mess for that factory program. Well, five Triple Eight build cars in the top ten in the championship, uh, that's probably sending a tremor through Ford. Mm. And None the other... which have got factory support. <laughs> and, 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 and... Well, I think, the thing I put to you, and I, this is a bit of scuttlebutt, right? Do you, don't, you don't reckon that FPR are checking out Van Gisbergen? Right, yeah, and I think driver and how he feeds well. back to the team because he's mm. definitely a star of the future, this guy, right? Coulthard's a star of the future. Holdsworth's a star of the future, almost there now, right? So, I mean, I, I see FPR are looking for the future with their drivers. I'm not too sure when certain driver contracts are finished up with certain teams, but, um, you know, you, you, I mean, it's almost a silly season with the talk with uh, Jamie Wincup now knocking back, you know, drives at Le Mans and all this kind of stuff. Um, so the silly season's already started. Well, I, I reckon, you know, there's a bit of teams like, oh, let's keep an eye on this guy and see how he goes, you know. There could be a bit of swaps he's gone because, I, I mean, you were talking about Stephen Richards and Mark Winterbottom. There is a bit of there's difference there. Um, I think Stephen... Should, you know, should be doing better, and maybe, maybe he's lost it a bit. Oh, I mean, Steve's a fantastic driver, but he's he's the old, elder statesman of that team. Mm. And I mean, FPR are definitely looking for the future, and they're probably looking out who's a driver that they could use in the future. All right, that's so. a wild, wild speculation there from the man who's got <laughs> Craig Blade on the but cover. I don't, well, I don't want to dump anybody in the. I don't want to dump anybody in the poo, but yeah. you know, I, I, I mean that's a bit of scuttlebutt, and I'm sure that's going to pop up definitely on the. Uh, it's definitely going to uh, pop up on the forums, but uh, you know, that, you know, that's something else you'd look at. Okay, gas and go time now, fellas. 
Five questions, three minutes time starting from now. Will we see night racing in the V8 supercars, Neville? Love to see it. Won't happen. Um, I don't reckon it'll happen for at least two or three or four years, but I don't think it's going to happen at all. Love to see it, but it can only happen and work on a Saturday night, and AFL will destroy that happening. How long can we expect unsponsored teams to last in the current economic climate? Depends on um, the personal wealth of some of the people who are actually uh, behind those teams, but I think that the pressure's never been greater than it is now. So, yeah, look to see one go missing before the end of the year. Neville? Uh, I agree. Uh, it all depends. If you don't have a sponsor on the car, uh, someone's paying the bills, and they're going to soon get sick of that. Um, and let's see how long it takes for Fiore before he gets a sponsor on the car. Otherwise, that, that team could be up for sale again. With General Motors broke worldwide, how much longer can they stay as the largest supporter in V8 supercar racing? They won't stay... They Well, largest supporter may not stay the largest supporter. It all depends on contracts, I suppose. Uh, when it comes back to contract time, they'll go. They'll look at their options. You may see they might scale down some of their... Um, holding involvement to just the flagship team and the rest look after themselves. Oh, they certainly can't and no better time to open the doors to invite some more manufacturers in. If you could put any drivers together for back-to-back -to -back tests like FBR and SBR did, who would they be and why, Chris Jewell? Nothing specific, but I'd like to see the bottom three in the championship drive the top three in the championship's cars and vice versa. Look how well Barrichello, Button are doing this year in the Formula 1 championship, but how badly Hamilton, Alonso, Raikkonen and Massa are doing. I would like to see how Lee Holdsworth goes in a Team Vodafone car or even an FPR car. Um, we already seen how Shane Van Gisbergen's gone, but yeah, Lee Holdsworth and maybe Coulthard in a FPR car. He's already in a uh, Team Vodafone car, so to speak. So... Um, you know, um, that's it's one of these some of these up and coming stars. I want to see them get into top top shelf machinery. All right, could the fans handle Craig Lowndes going back to Holden? Not because of papers and reports this week, but because his contract is up and the negotiations are continuing. Yeah, I certainly handle it. Um, you know, he's got a number of people on the Holden side of the fence who still uh, hold him in the utmost regard. And at the end of the day, not every fan on the uh, V8 Supercar spectating mound is. Uh, necessarily holding or forward. There are a lot of neutral people out there and he's to face a V8 supercar. I reckon the fans will be able to handle it. Not a problem. In fact, his fan base will probably grow again. Contract negotiations or sponsorship has got nothing to do with it if you go into another team. If the fans can handle it, um, but if you're talking about contract negotiations, well, it opens the scuttlebutt that, I mean, the rumour is that uh, supposedly Team Vodafone have been talking to Holden and becoming a Holden team. Now, that would work with Lounsey going back to Holden. So, um, yeah. Oh, the ha fans can handle it to answer your question. Mm, it's an interesting time ahead. Although Holden are saying they're not talking to Triple Eight. Smoke, there's fire. Neville Wilkinson, you've got Craig Lowndes on the cover and uh, plenty more in V8X magazine on sale now. Yeah, yeah it's, it's went on sale uh, last week. Um, so Craig Lowndes, as you said. Also, we talk about uh, Walkinshaw Racing, the four-car team, and how that actually that structure works. We've got a great interview with um, uh, Paul Dumbrell in regards to, um, you know, competing this year because he was 99% quit last year and we all know that he had some uh, hard thinking over, over the break and he's back, which is good to see. And, and another thing, the plug is there, we're doing the Mega V8 Fan Survey or the, the Forex Gold Massive V8 Supercar Fan Survey is the uh, name, so get on there. 
tell us what you think about VA Supercars and everything else that goes with it, and um, we'll tell VA Supercars what the answers are in a couple of months' time. All right, then. Thanks, Neville, for your time. Chris, uh, are you plugging any books or mags at the moment? No, I'm actually not. Um, I, I need to actually do a little bit of work there so I can get somebody to get me to endorse a few things for a little bit of the folding stuff, but I'll have a chat to Nev offline. Plug, 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 plug yourself as the, uh, as the very typical, the voice <laughs> of the typical. <laughs> no, 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 just a very conservative approach. I'm doing my research for Simmons Plains in a couple of weeks' time, and, uh, you know, with a 53-second lap, as I said before, there's going to be a lot of discussions going on uh, to keep people on the lead lap, and, of course, the soft compound tyre comes into play again. So uh, if you thought the action that Winton was frantic a couple of weeks ago, I think it's going to be increased by about 30%, plus the learning from Winton a couple of weeks ago will be applied, and I reckon Simmons Plains should be an absolute cracker. It, uh, uh, it, it's just going to get better and better, and uh, looking forward to getting to the next one and, you know, yelling it across the airways and doing what I can to improve the show. Well, Can't wait. it is going to be an exciting race, that's for sure. The white flag lap is up next. We find out about V8 supercars and stalkers. I hope you stay with us. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. Hi, it's Bugs here. Jason Bugwana from the Sprint Gas Racing Team, and you are listening to V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 of the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Drivers are getting more and more profile in the V8 Supercar Series, and with that profile comes a greater number of fans. This week on the White Flag Lap, we ask the drivers, what's their favourite stalker story? We start with Junior Johnson. We've had people, um, you know, I've had ladies that have that have uh, had me sign their arms and, you know, and their chest, and then they come back the next day and have them, tat- like it's been tattooed over and that sort of thing, so that's that's probably a bit weird, but... Um, Mail or photos coming in? No, not really. You get some pretty funny sort of, yeah, pretty funny mail and pretty unique sort of mail given to you at the racetrack as well. And, you know, open this, but don't let anyone see it and that sort of stuff. So you just have it, open it up, have a bit of a laugh. and, and haven't, haven't got a room key or anything juicy like that? No, no, no. Well, you know, no room key. I mean... Back in the day when I was single, yeah, probably there was a few, but but certainly not nowadays. You know, it's uh, I think that, I think the gen- most of the generation these days, you know, respect that. You know, obviously they all know that I'm married with kids, and and you st- although you still get the odd the odd girl here and there that gets a bit overexcited, but uh, you know, you just you just got to laugh at that, and um, you know, it um, happens to most sports people. So you know, whether it be racing or football or whatever, so you just got to take it with a grain of salt and not let it go to your head like some people do. Perhaps not as juicy as we'd like, but what about Stephen's father, V8 legend Dick Johnson? Surely he has some stories to tell. Look, I, I used to see him as fans, so <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, there used to there were certain people that used to hang around, and, and some of the people that um, were constantly there when I was out there are still here today, and uh, even even this afternoon, and there's quite a number of them, you know, but they're, they're all married and they've got kids and things like that, and but you, you just can't neglect them. You, you just got to sort of run with the bloody punches. And 
um, albeit all they are now is a bit older. Well, the highest profile driver in the sport, Craig Lowndes, will have even more, I'm sure. I don't classify them as stalkers. There's probably more fanatical fans. Um, yeah, we have, oh, we've got a few people that, uh, you know, they, they pop up nearly every race meeting and uh, they come and say hello and uh, um, basically, uh, you know, everywhere you turn around, they, uh, they're there. So, uh, but no, I don't think <laughs> I've had like any. like the media. Yeah, yeah, right. Actually, probably, that's probably what I'm talking about. No, no, no. Um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't had any really strange, strange stories, and I can think of anyway. So, uh, well, no, Andy's in, in the mail, Tom Jones style. No, 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 no. Jeez, if I could sing like him, I probably wouldn't mind. But uh, no, um, no, no, I haven't really had many. Um, and all, all the people that uh, that come out and say hello, and uh, you know, as you said, like I was single to start with. The only thing that's changed when I got married was uh, you know all the letters of uh, you know saying uh, hi, I'm 16 and uh, 17 and 18 and young and single and. They're all going to Jamie now. Grant Denyer could be the best-known person at the track. What's his craziest stalker story? <laughs> the craziest stalker story. Uh, I'd have my uh, my uh, my mail uh, at Channel Seven uh, pre-opened uh, before I got to it for a while there because um, you know, people were sending all sorts of crazy gear in the mail, and uh, it's not sort of the stuff that you want any year. Uh, you wouldn't show your mum <laughs> that material. <laughs> let's face it. So. Uh, yeah, um, I've uh, I've still got one actually. <laughs> so how often does it uh, it's pop up? it's um, oh, whether it's a personal mail or an email or a visit to the website or a gift back? It's probably I don't know monthly. And uh, what about? I, I guess your on-site appearances aren't as regular now. You're not a weatherman. Yeah. How, how did that? I'm harder to find now, <laughs> uh, and that's the, that's the, that's the thing that you got to keep. Keep going. Uh, look, they're never too bad at the end of the day. I'm a fast runner, and they'd have to uh, they have to work pretty hard to catch me. Uh, but uh, look, it's it's you get the end of the day, you got to go. Well, everyone that you know is a little bit odd still pays the bills, and and they're someone who watches television. So you got to give them the time of the day. But sometimes, you know, I don't mind telling you, I get a little bit scared. I'm only a small bloke. <laughs> well, Paul Morris is certainly not known for political correctness. So what can the dude tell us about stalkers? Before I was married or after? Well, the funniest story I'm looking for. Oh, right, right. I've had lots of them. I've had a lot, of, a lot of good fun with a lot of stalkers over the years, so you probably couldn't say what went on on your, on your show. Any one oh, memorable thing that they did to attract no, your attention? No, it involved a hot tub and a basket of fruit, but that's all I can say. For Bundy Red Racing, David Reynolds being a first-year driver... What's he looking for in a stalker? Okay, resume of stalkers. These girls in the big pond, things coming up. You know, anything under 65 kilos, young, attractive. You know, they can stalk me as much as they want, and I'll be proud and happy to do that. But otherwise, I've had no real luck at all with stalkers or anything like that. You know, I'm quite new to the thing, and I'm just... I'm not a high-profile person at all, so... And I don't really want to be, to be fair. <laughs> I like being who I am and where I am. I just want to start winning a bit more. So what are we saying? Your luck at Stalkers is like luck at starting Bathurst. Pretty much. Non-existent. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people do enjoy David Reynolds out on the racetrack. Good luck, mate. That's all we have time for this week on the V8 Insiders. As the checker flag waves over this edition, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.